You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, I've just detected a new webcam. Josh Parrish, what have you done? <laughs> have we gone panorama, have we? Just about. Nice uh, nice angle for our, our Zoom guest to be able to actually see us for a change. <laughs> now, we're doing uh, multicam here in the studio uh, now, you might have noticed. Wow. Uh, this is taking me back to the early days of television when I actually had to uh, decide where my eye was going to go and to follow the red light. But these ones are on all the time. <laughs> this is pretty scary. It's like, okay, man, which way am I going? Uh, welcome to State of Our Football Nation. Josh Parrish is manning the controls. He's got the license. He's the only one allowed to fly. Um, my name is George Danikian, and um, each and every week we travel and uh, – cover as much territory as we can, talking about the state of the game in this country, uh, about uh, some of the big stories that are happening in the game. And, of course, I think we start this week with um, the cricket world lost Shane Warne. The football world, especially that in Victoria and Melbourne, lost a guy called John Dimsis. And we're going to catch up with um, someone who knew him for an awful long time, who looked up to him and... um, Loved him dearly. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, the coach of Heidelberg, George Katsakis, who will be joining us very, very shortly. Uh, John was someone that George Katsanis and I managed to interview a number of years ago. And we knew then that his health wasn't the best. But John bravely came in and told some good stories and gave us a glimpse of what it must have been like in the heyday of the NSL when Alexander... Heidelberg, Alexander, South Melbourne, uh, the Melbourne Knights, and all those teams that made Victorian football so mighty. Um, He gave us a sense of just how many great players there were, uh, some of the battles that the administrators had to face. And he, of course, received a a Hall of Fame uh, for Victoria. I think Football Victoria gave him that, uh, that accolade because they realised what a contribution he made, not only to the sport in this state, but uh, to the game and to his club, where he is revered. And uh, I'm sure that many of them today and this week are feeling very, very sad. But I'm looking forward to hearing from uh, George Katsakis when we can get a bit of an opportunity to um, reflect on, uh, on a guy who came to this country. He was born in Greece back in 1940. And he came here as a nine-year-old. And uh, from that moment on, I think he was a Northcote boy, <laughs> um, he, he learnt the lingo and uh, he, he fell in love with the game. And, of course, the rest is history. We'll, we'll talk about that um, uh, over the next, uh, I suppose, half an hour or so. Uh, we're going to talk about the um, A-League men's. We're going to talk about the A-League women's. Uh, some exciting football has been played. The AFC matches have started Josh Parrish, uh, your your uh, Sydney team that you thought might just cruise in its early encounter with a side from the Philippines did just that. Mm, I was worried that the match wasn't going to go ahead, George. Yeah, the way the rain was pelting down, but they made uh, they made arrangements. They inspected the pitch at the last possible moment to give themselves the best chance. Did and... they get they get the helicopter up and running to <laughs> to dry out the pitch, which which is a time worn practice that the Cricket World and Channel 9 used to have up its sleeve whenever it needed a very fast uh, response or return to the wicket. I don't know if the APL has helicopter <laughs> budget, George. I think it might have been a hairdryer, perhaps. 
Maybe, hey, maybe, maybe Steve Corica's hair no, dryer treatment. One of these new super drones. <laughs> that would be all right. Yeah, that'd do, that'd do the trick. Yeah, right? there you go. No, uh, maybe we need to up our tech, given the amount of A-League games that have been called off due to inclement weather recently. But uh, Sydney made light work uh, of Kaya FC Ilio. So they will uh, progress through to the, the Champions League group stages, which is very exciting. Uh, Brisbane Raw struggled in their uh, contest. Uh, Brisbane Raw last night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's been a rough season for them. Um, I was you had high hopes. I did you? have high hopes, and uh, they continue to be <laughs> let down by this <laughs> Brisbane team. Uh, I I do think there are answers that Warren Moon hasn't quite found yet. Uh, but the problem with Brisbane is they they flatter to deceive because they're very good between both boxes. Their mm. midfield is is very strong. Mm. Uh, you know, depending on which lineup they go with and which formation they play, I've seen some very good midfield performances from them. But in both boxes. They've been horrendous. Can I just give you a glimpse? They had a young guy who was a mongrel, a real tough, um, ornery character who liked to score goals. Very quick, very tough. The only problem is he's now playing for Western United. Yeah, that's uh, when you a take loss. When you take young players who have that special quality and you take them out of your side... They're not readily, uh, you know, they're not easily replaced. Mm. I mean, Melbourne City's going to find out when Conor Metcalf leaves uh, just just what a role he's been playing. It's a bit like watching the emergence of Florian Berenguer. Three mm. years ago, if you had said to me he's going to be one of the most outstanding midfielders in the Ayla, you'd say, George, <laughs> you know, a senior moment has caught up with you really quickly. But it was a classic example of a young guy who came here with his wife, not a word of English, mm. um, no sooner had they arrived, they were burgled and the whole place, the whole world was turned upside down. Then he got injured. Um, and from that very low base, he's continued to build. He and his wife uh, actually got someone, a teacher, to come in and help them with the language. And you see him now, he's actually now putting his hand up and doing interviews for Melbourne City after the game. I'm sure that's helped. I also think Confidence. being played in a different position has... Okay has changed the game for me. It was actually funny, you know, you get these Facebook memories from three years ago and occasionally (laughs) I've I've shared clips from FNR and I get reminded of some of my worst takes from 2019. But uh, we were discussing... Are you suggesting to me that some of them haven't aged very well? (laughs) Well, this one definitely didn't. Sometimes I look back and think I was spot on. Other times, not so much. Not so much, yeah. But in the context of that season, I think I was right at the time. Just, uh, you know, his performances since then have, have gone on to, to prove me wrong. But we were, we were discussing uh, the uh, APL. It was one of these reports into independence and things. And apparently the APL wanted to add eight foreigners at the time if they took and over thought, the A-League. What's going and on? We were, we, I, and I was actually using Florin Berengay at as the an time example. as an example of the mediocre quality of the, you know, fourth and fifth foreign players that a lot of the clubs had brought in. And at the time that was true uh, under Warren Joyce. But... Uh, Yep, no longer. He's one of the outstanding players in the competition playing in that, that central midfield role. He doesn't have to run, you know, beep tests up and down the touchline anymore. He can just dictate from the centre of the pitch. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's been one of the league's best this season. Yeah, and it's and it's and we touched on confidence, but isn't it interesting that last year in the grand final, he could well, with a touch, a, a better touch, almost have scored the goal of the season, the one that went from almost the back of the pitch right through, and it went to the one side of the, the goalpost. Had it snuck in the other side, it 
it might have been one of those memorable goals, uh, grand final goals that you go, wow. Well, here he is now uh, scoring goals reasonably regularly. And that adds another component, doesn't it? It adds another layer of danger. You've got McLaren, you've got uh, you know Metcalf, you've got Tilio, you've got Berenguer and others now coming in. Uh, speaking of others coming in, we look like we've found George Katsakis. Um, that's not that his best angle. I think if he gets the light up, he'll improve <laughs> immeasurably. Come on, Georgie. <laughs> George Katsakis, welcome to FNR's State of Our Football Nation. Josh Parrish and I are talking about the passing, very sad passing of John uh, Dimsis, who has been and had been for quite some time uh, a fabulous contributor to not only the history, but the running of Heidelberg. Yes, yeah, some uh, really bad news or sad news to come out of the uh, Burgerland, uh, George. Um, uh, been quite disturbing the last few days for, for everyone involved at Heidelberg. And in particular, not only Heidelberg, but football, the football world in general. I think his contribution to uh, Victorian football and, uh, of course, national football, um, it can't be denied. He's just exceptional in what he did. There were a couple of very critical decisions made by John and his uh, then board. And um, obviously, the football's moved into a, another direction for, uh, through a couple of those decisions. So he will be sadly missed. He's a person that gave um, his life to football, and, and in particular Heidelberg. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been quite disturbing the last couple of days for us. You know, I'm, I was reflecting a little earlier, uh, reading up and re- reminded myself I'd forgotten that he stepped in when Johnny Constantine who was then head of the uh, ASF, uh, stepped down, stepped away from the game, and John stepped in and I think made some of those decisions that you touched on. So he, he not only had a, an enormous role to play in Victorian football for Heidelberg, but also as an administrator, but, but also nationally. So he was, he was a lifelong contributor, wasn't he? He certainly was. He was, uh, he, he was always on, on the ball. He... Um... You know, I remember uh, categorically back in uh, late 80s, early 90s when um, I had I had uh, the pleasure of bringing out the Iraqis Football Club uh, from Greece, from Thessaloniki, and uh, and John said to me, he said, you know, uh, he goes, Katz, are you sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> I said, well, as long as you're next to me, John, we can't go wrong. And for the duration of that trip, uh, we I think we flew to Adelaide, Perth, uh, played in Melbourne, um, Johnny was next to me, you know, and um, God, gee, did he know his stuff, uh, you know, through all angles of football. He just uh, made sure that the whole trip was a, a you know, marvellous success. So, yeah, you're right. He stepped in at, at national level. He stepped in at, uh, obviously, at, at the VSF level. And, um, and, you know, and his contribution to Heidelberg was just uh, second to none. Uh, George, was it his, was it his attitude was it his demeanour? Was it the way that he was meticulous? And if he started something, he made sure he finished it before he moved on to the next thing? Or was there I something think, else? Uh, I think his banking uh, background had a lot to do with that. Oh. Uh, obviously, John was a state bank manager for many, many years. Okay. And, um, you know, I think that he had protocols and he, he wanted he wanted football to move into the right direction. So he carried out things. He wasn't one of these going to do this and going to do that, you know, people. He <laughs> he made sure that he carried out something that he started. And, um, you know, there was a lot of evidence of that uh, 
at all levels again when uh, he made sure that there were some uh, some really big decisions made and he was a contributor to those decisions. Uh, George, are you able to give us an insight into what those decisions were that were so impactful for people who aren't familiar with his legacy? Yeah, look, I think there were some refereeing uh, changes that were made. If, look, I, I, obviously I can't remember him uh, vividly, but I, mm. I remember speaking to him a few years ago about these things. And there was, um, at national level, I think there was um, some changes made to the national team and, and the way that they um, uh, were paid and, and carried out all their um, their travel allowances and some things um, off the pitch with them. Then the refereeing, there was um, a, a national um, a committee, um, uh, you know, where I think the t- certain decisions were made that uh, through all federations, uh, we were going to keep things aligned. Um, that was just a couple of things that I sort of remember off the back of my head at the moment that we spoke about back then. But, um, you know, uh, it did touch on quite a few. And I know that uh, through some uh, older people at, at our club, uh, you know, we were reminded that uh, he had he had a massive contribution to those to a couple of those changes. You gave me an inkling of how special he was when you said he was a state bank manager. He he is he came from a time when your bank manager was someone rather important in your life. Uh, <laughs> and, and he was someone who built up enormous networks of people. Today, we have these private bankers and they keep shifting them on us. It's like a moving target. So you never actually get a chance to identify who you actually uh, do the work with or uh, or get whatever you require from the bank. But in those days, he came from uh, a, a time and, and a place when your bank was your rock-solid platform and the man who was running the bank or the woman that was running the bank was someone you respected enormously and they knew your business better than you did. You appreciate that? Uh, John? Yeah, George. Uh, John. So John was the state manager at the uh, State Bank in, um, in in Smith Street, Collingwood. And of course, you would know, but uh, for the people out there that don't know, Melissa uh, is, has a fifty odd year um, uh, history in in Smith Street, and he was only situated four or five doors up from uh, from Melissa. And uh, I categorically remember that Dad was attending an auction and we wanted to buy the building next door to Melissa. And um, he says, oh, the auction's in four hours. I said, well, have you spoken to the bank? He goes, no, no need. I've, John's there. <laughs> so I said, well, what do you mean? He said, no, no, I'll, I'll go speak to John now. I said, well, the auction's in four hours. It was the morning of the auction. And um, he said, don't worry, it's all good. So he, he wandered on into the bank, spoke to John. And he said, yeah, it's all done. I said, what do you mean? He said, he's told me to bid for, you know, whatever, and it's all good. We'll make thought, it happen. <laughs> you know, so you're right, George. I mean, I think, you know, back, back in the day, things were a lot different where, where the money and through the bank, you know, the banks were, were operating differently. Uh, John was one of those state managers that, um, that you know, made things happen. Yeah. His network of people in, in Smith Street in particular, but uh, within the Greek community uh, was just phenomenal. And, uh you know, and he leaves his legacy behind because uh, I'll tell you now that people that did get to meet John and and were part of his life, and I can categorically say that I was part of his life for nearly 40-odd years or 45 years. Wow. Um, just an amazing person, an amazing person. 
I'm reading here from his uh, Football Victoria Hall of Fame entry that in his role as, as treasurer at the Australian Soccer Federation, he, he helped negotiate the merger between the men's and women's bodies and uh, and for the women to actually enter Olympic competition. So he was a, he was a forward thinker, clearly. Oh, absolutely he was. He certainly was. He, um, uh, you know, even some of the decisions that he made at Heidelberg under his presidency, and I think he was president of the club twice, on two different occasions in two different eras. Um, and, of course, he, he was the treasurer of the club. Um, you know, some of the decisions that were made back then were obviously very favourable for the club. And uh, and that's the show today that, you know, the club's come a long way through through some of those decisions made back then. And especially now with the redevelopment of uh, of the ground and the uh, and the whole setup uh, at, um, at at what is the the Olympic Village, the old Olympic Village, um, it is something special. Uh, he, I think, he joined the club, uh, Alexander, when they were, was it, where, where was it? Smith Street. That's right. So I think the offices were just across the road from Melusine, oh, um, in, in the in the um, in the Pan Macedonian building, and um, you know, he. I think the offices of Fitzroy United Alexander uh, began in Smith Street, and he was he was a part of it back then. I know vividly because Dad Dad was uh, on board with him as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he hasn't left the club since. Now, just take us back. I, I, I remember seeing some photos of him with Sam Papasavas, uh, with uh, Johnny Constantine, of course, and, and, and an array of others. Uh, we also honour uh, someone this week, Frank Mikic, mm. or Micic. Uh, Micic. Micic, yeah. uh, who was a, a JUST great can you can you reflect on 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 that contribution? Because some of those superstar players of that time, who John not only would have nursed and 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 got them on the phone and said, "We need you over here at Heidelberg." Can you can you give us a, a sense of some of the the characters that he would have encouraged to to come to the club, and some he maybe missed out on? Well, look, uh, obviously, you know, through my coaching career that I've uh, had Jeff Olver as one of my assistants for for quite a while, you yeah. know, nearly nearly 14 years. And um, uh, and I, know I, can, I can tell you that Jeff was definitely one of those players. Um, I think at the at that time, um, Jack Ibanovic, or uh, maybe may have been a little bit earlier, uh, Jack Riley yep. uh, were at the club. And then um, Jeff was only a youngster coming through and, and uh, I remember John saying that he saw this kid rock up from Sunshine and he, he basically said to him, he said, um, you know, uh, where, where, where do you play? He says, oh, I play at Albion Rovers, I think it was. And uh, he said, well, you can't be that good if you're playing at Albion Rovers. <laughs> and, and Jeff said, well, you know, you don't even know me. He said, well, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you an opportunity. And that's what Tom was about, giving people a fair chance and opportunity. And, uh, and rightly so, he made the right decision back then. And of course, um, you know he's now uh, Jeff's history in, in in Australian football is, you know, he's just impeccable. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of caps for the Australian team, and went on to play it uh, at all levels. But that's just one of the stories. I know that uh, there was a huge involvement with uh, Charlie Yankos and a couple of the other boys as well. So uh, yeah, he definitely had um, um, a, a lot to say when it came to players coming across to the club. And we're talking about some of the biggest names in the game, Charlie Yankos. Hey, can you imagine what it was like in those days? Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, look, like I said, uh, and, and he was always around. John was one of those people that um, he was always around. He, he just didn't, um, 
you know, evacuate uh, when it comes to tougher times, you know. He, um, he, he stood by the, the boys that he brought into the club. Um, you know, I was one of the youngsters back then, and um, and I just remember John always being on the, on the pitch itself, um, you know, uh, obviously never getting involved with coaches and everyone, but he's, he's just his persona and his aura around the club was enough to gain respect um, from everyone, be it players, coaches, supporters, um, you know, everyone involved in football. He's just, he just had that respect. Was he, uh, from, was he a quiet guy uh, but got things done? Or was yes, he someone he, that when he spoke, everybody listened? Uh, they, that's that's a definite. Uh, it was it was a few words said, but very important <laughs> words. And um, it wasn't loud. He was very quiet. He was um, his demeanour was with um, you know a softly spoken attitude. But, um, the words that he put across were just so meaning meaningful that uh, you know people respected him for for for, for that. I had uh, Josh Parrish earlier. We were talking about uh, this possibility that we'd have you join us on air. And um, I, I, I remembered that we had, George Katsanis and I had him in, on the Pioneers. And he came in yes. and he wasn't in the best of health. And, uh, I, but he did come in and, uh, and he had uh, some of the family making sure that he was okay. But he, he said to us he loved it. He actually enjoyed the evening going through. Uh, we dragged some of the memories out from him because, as you, as you rightly say, he wasn't someone who kept going, look, I'm Tarzan. Uh, he knew his place. He knew what he had done. But at the same time, he revered all the very special people around him that had come together and had helped to make something quite special. And he, we went through an array of names. And, my God, it was a cavalcade of some of the biggest names in the game, especially in Victoria. Yeah, look, um, like I said earlier, I think... He had, he had that respect from everyone in Victorian football. Um, geez, it's sad to say now because I'm just uh, yeah a little yeah a little bit emotional right now. He um, and that's right too. Uh, only that, few, that's only right, George, because that man. Only a few days, few, few days ago, um, you know, he he came to Millicent Temple, so he had a beautiful lady that cared for him, for him, um, Anne, and Anne drove him to the to 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 Melissa, and. Um, he stayed in his car, of course, and Anne got out and bought his coffee and everything else. And uh, she said, well, I think you better go see John. He's, he's in the car. So I, I whizzed off and um, yeah, he said, oh, look, uh, you know, this might be my last coffee. Wow. And um, oh, wow. I said, John, mate, come on. We've, we've gone through this you know, so many times. You you know, I, you've told me the same story. as no, mate, this is it, you know. And... Um, he, he just he, he was humble, he was proud, he would walk around in his little um little frame that he walked around. Yes, he's walking frame, yeah. up, you know, his head was still up high and he was very proud and you know, well dressed and uh, and that was John Dimpsis, you know. And um and then of course only a few days ago he he insisted that he had the last sip of another coffee from Melissa on <laughs> the day I think the, the couple of hours before passing and you know, that's how important people were to him. Mm. There were certain people in his life, uh, be it through football or, or or around him, that meant so much to him, and he never let people go. He was always next to him. He was always uh, there for everyone. And you know, uh, I mean, for, for people like myself who who uh, grew up alongside him and uh, they knew him very very well, it was it was a very very special person. You know, he'll 
he'll be so dearly missed that we would see him on a daily basis, you know, and, and to think that what he contributed to football in Heidelberg is mm. not going to be around anymore is quite sad. Are the boys going to wear a black armband in, in, um, oh, yeah, so in recognition? We're definitely, absolutely, we're respecting um, him and his family on, on Sunday. I think that, uh, I think probably Leeds and Mercus being one of his nephews will be there to take the toss uh, on behalf of him. Now, let me just say something else, uh, Georgie, because uh, this is quite sad as well. Um, so after John Dintz's era being president of the club, uh, we, we were very ha- uh, lucky to have uh, a person by the name of Arthur Nicolaitis come in and step in as the president of the club. And sadly, uh, the day after John passed, uh, Arthur Nicolaitis passed as well. No. And we've had two presidents pass in two days. Um so Sunday is going to be a quite emotional day before our kickoff, um, and geez, I know we haven't got off to a good start. But if, if there's one thing that I could pray for is that we win this game on on the weekend, uh, just uh, in recognition and and respect uh, to John and Arthur, to be quite honest. Can I take this opportunity on behalf of FNR to um, send our deepest uh, condolences and sympathies to all those that loved. John Dimsis and also Arthur. I had no idea. I didn't realise that you'd lost two presidents in two days. So thank you very much for give, for alerting us and, and reminding us of uh, the contribution so many good people make. And we talk about the volunteers. We talk about the people behind the scenes who aren't the players. And they're just as important in some respects, even more important. Uh, because Because without them, as we saw during the Olympic Games in Sydney in 2000, without the 60,000 volunteers helping the world discover Sydney and every other city in Australia, we wouldn't have had the most wonderful Olympic Games in, in the modern times. Correct. Very correct. And wow. uh, very true. Well, George, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us. And um, we'll make sure we, we pass on that, that information to the to the commentators on Sunday as well so they can properly acknowledge it on the broadcast. But the uh, the game is at 3 p.m. at Olympic Park on Sunday, Heidelberg United versus Oakley Cannons. And uh, I think it's great that the, the, the club will be playing, paying proper respect to these these legends. We really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and giving an insight. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Georgie. Thanks very much for the Thank opportunity you. and... Uh... Uh, fantastic having a chat again. Mate, we, we might have to get uh, down to Melissa and have a coffee, I think. We'll do. <laughs> Definitely do that. All the best, my boy. And good luck on the weekend, eh? Good luck. Thanks very All much. Right. George Sarkis joining us.